You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. We actually uncovered this, you know, ecosystem uh, that you know did not really exist a few years ago and has just been getting stronger and stronger and that's this system of solver bots the solver apis um, that have been built and distributed to actually target specific anti-bot vendors and bypass them completely that's sam crowther He's founder of anti-bot company Casada. The research we're discussing today is titled The New Way Fraudsters Bypass Bot Management. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Now, just to be clear, we're using the term solver bot here as in to solve a problem. Is that, I mean, is that, is that where the, the phrase comes from? Yeah, so solver being a generic term, um, I guess the succinct description of them is basically their goal is to get a valid cookie to someone, you know, to abuse, right? That's essentially what they do. So I think where Solver comes into it is these anti-bot vendors have JavaScript challenges which need solving. And these, you know, adversaries have built tools to solve the challenges and return the valid responses in order to be classified as a human and, you know, let people abuse the backend system. Well, let's walk through this together. I mean, can we start off with just a a description of how bot mitigation typically works? 
Yeah, so bot mitigation comes in two components. One is the client side and then one is the networking session or the back-end side. So on the client side, a key part of any of this detection is understanding what's happening within the browser, right? Does this browser look real? Is it moving its mouse? Does it look like it has a human behind it? So that upfront you know, detection component means that you know, traditionally, botters have to be very, very sophisticated and skilled you know, in order to be correctly classified as human. The, the, the server side or the backend side is where it's looking at you know, pattern analysis within sessions. Okay, this session's human, what's it doing? How many login attempts is it making? And things like that. Now, this has sort of evolved in sophistication you know, over the last five or 10 years to the point where you know, there are some very sophisticated client-side defenses and some awesome machine learning models uh, on, on the backend. But you know, inevitably, that's just changed the way these folk attack. Well, let's dig into the attacks then. I mean, how are they coming at this? So what they've realized is that as the anti-bot vendors get better and better, it pushes the skill floor, essentially, like the minimum skill set required up in order to beat them. So there's a small group of people who all of a sudden have a very valuable skill which they can sell en masse. And so what they've started doing is reverse engineering these JavaScript challenges, right? And actually creating automated tools that, you know, reverse engineer them fully automatically, look at the data that they're expecting to be collected from the browser, feed legitimate data straight back to their APIs, and then obtain legitimate sessions. And so they're doing this in a way that's actually got no browser whatsoever. And because, you know, some of these vendors are so ubiquitous, it means that the client base for them is absolutely huge. Like we tracked the revenue of one of the uh, the big Solver API vendors and they're making probably $150,000 a month selling this mm. service. And all they need to do is maintain their little decoder to correctly interpret the JavaScript and send the correct information to the antibot vendor. How sophisticated of an effort are we talking about here? So this definitely depends on the specific vendor. Some are are definitely less sophisticated than others. And look, I would say none of the adversaries are, you know, PhDs or anything like that. A lot of them are just people who are interested in bots, who understand the way browsers work and have realized this is a good way to make some cash, right? So they're very smart individuals, um, but it's not like they're, you know, these sophisticated crime rings or anything. Like usually it's just, you know, one or two people who realize they've got a valuable skill. Can you take us through an example of, of one of... Uh... One of the sessions that you all have tracked here? Yeah, so what we've seen for some of these Solver APIs is actually where they're used in fraud. So let's say a fraud group wants to, you know, wash a million credit cards, which is sort of some, some activity we've seen through a, a payment provider. What they'll do, instead of building something themselves, they approach one of these solvers and they say, okay, I want to buy a million sessions and I want an SLA that all of them will work. And if any don't work, you replace them. So they'll take those million sessions and then they will load them into their bot in order to go and actually, you know, commit the, the act of fraud that they wanted to, uh, you know, they, I guess they set out to. Uh, and, and so this has become more and more common, right? Where these, these fraudsters have realized they can just pay a little bit of money and outsource one of the most difficult parts of any sort of fraud operation, which is beating security systems. And so what's the cat and mouse here? I mean, in terms of, 
you know, the, the, the folks whose websites are falling victim to this, what's to be done there? Look, this is a responsibility of the anti-bot vendors, right? That's where the game is. There is, you know, a very clear difference in folk and their ability to iterate and prevent this sort of behavior. Uh, and, and, you know, understanding that this is even a problem is the first step to being able to solve it. But you know, it, it shouldn't fall on the customer. This is absolutely a responsibility of the individual providing the service. And look, what we're starting to see is it's, you know, it's evolved from the antibot vendors, but it's starting to move also into some of the anti-fraud vendors as well. And, you know, if that trend is to continue, it won't be long before, you know, someone can buy an off-the-shelf solution to beat most e-commerce, you know, website security products. How do I know if I have a problem here? Look, this is one of the interesting uh, and also scary parts of this, right, is their whole business model is getting sessions that look good and that are valid. And so, look, usually the best way to figure out if there's a problem is actually look at your own web traffic data, all right? If you look at, say, login requests or checkouts over the last two months, what pattern does it follow? Does it follow day-night cycles? Does it look like human activity? Does it spike up and down, you know, sort of sporadically? Those are actually the indi- the best indicators that something like this is going on. Because unfortunately, you can no longer rely on the data and reporting from a vendor when this sort of threat is very, very real. Hmm. So what sort of questions should I be asking my vendor? I mean, if, I, if, you know, if I'm engaged with someone who is you know, selling me uh, services to protect me against bots, how do I make sure that they've got the latest, greatest stuff out there to keep me safe? I think this is very much a dialogue around, you know, how aware of the problem are people and understanding their strategies to address it, right? And it's going to be different for everyone. But making sure that they can actually articulate this is what we actively do to combat this type of activity is very important because, you know, what, what we see is people sort of hand over, oh, we have machine learning, we have this, we have that. And the reality is none of that really matters if someone can send the data that's expected to the machine learning model, right? ML is only as good as the data it gets. So it's very important that any vendor in this space has a very active strategy uh, to, you know, almost dismember this type of solving activity. Can you walk us through some of the technical aspects here? I mean, what specifically are are the solver services doing under the hood? Yeah, so what they're typically doing is decompiling the JavaScript that gets delivered to the client, transforming it into a, you know, a format that they can easily interact with it in, and then looking at what sort of data attributes it's expecting from the client. It'll then you know, rebuild essentially the entirety of a virtual browser to make sure all the data is legitimate and then package that up and send it to the client. Um, so it's, it's a relatively streamlined process, which means it's very cost efficient for a lot of the folk building and selling them. And where would someone go to buy this sort of thing? There, you head to Discord, head to various uh, yes, <laughs> hacking servers. Honestly, that's actually very, very accessible. It's not like it's on the dark web. Um, you know, it, it is something anyone really who wants to get access to it can. Do you suspect that, you know, we're in a cat and mouse game for the foreseeable future here? Absolutely. Like what they're doing is not illegal, which is unfortunate. Right? They yeah. are actively bypassing security systems, yet they're not the ones committing the crime. And so... I think they leverage that 
in their you know, justification, I guess, of what they're doing. Our thanks to Sam Crowther from Casada for joining us. The research is titled The New Way Fraudsters Bypass Bot Management. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Six Sense. Six Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Rachel Gelfin, Liz Irvin, Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.